a seat to the bar and join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files series. Hosts Tansen, Jess, and Maggie bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and diehard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 10.3, We. We're covering the novel Death Masks. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Oh! Well, she did say what she was going to do. <sighs> we hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. We love you all. We will be back next week as well. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 4 after a warm reintroduction to Susan, she warns Harry about the impending threat of Ortega and the opposing opinions in the Red Court for peace with the White Council. The pair are interrupted by the plain and blasé Martin, who takes Susan elsewhere. Before Harry can get some sleep, Murphy calls for an unofficial case involving a dead body. I've heard of running into an old plane, but this is ridiculous. So yeah, that was where we left up with him. Casting his plasting rod over Susan. <laughs> Susan <laughs> Rodriguez. Yes. Vampire slayer. He is quite stunned. <laughs> He's a little, little taken aback. Yeah. His, his brain locks up for a whole ten seconds. <laughs> sure, a, long a time. Lot <laughs> Come on, Harry. <laughs> he just snap her out of it. She snaps him out of it. So. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes through the whole, I can smell her and see her. Oh my god, and dark eyes, and she's got a little cut on her lip, and and um, Susan gets a little freaked out, like, uh, Harry, you're scaring me. <laughs> you're kind of standing over me, staring with a giant blasting rod, all glowy. And uh, he's like, right, hey, what the hell? <laughs> Just drop by to say hey. So yeah, he figures out, he's like, what the hell was that? And she's like, ugh, red court, but I didn't get to like see his face or whatever. And he's like, you. You just ran off a red court vampire on your own. You did that. I like her. I've been working out. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> it's good she can have a sense of humor about it all. Uh, right. And, you know, I'm sure it helps Harry, too, because this is, again, his, like, oh, it's probably Susan then, you know? Like, our banter, our thing, our... So he kind of does his little spidey sense thingy and... and you know, doesn't sense anybody else around, but he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't hang around. So she immediately is like, sure, should we take this inside? And he's like, yeah, oh. Yeah, he figures out to test her. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> like, yes, inside is good, but 
do I want? Because it might not even be her. It could be a shapeshifter. It could be any number of things. Right. And if she's completely turned, then whatever, whatever, right? So, um, so he does. He kind of, you know, he's a little apologetic, sort of. He's like, yeah, that's probably better, but I'm not going to invite you in. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, she is kind of, like, fair. Um, yeah, she, she says it makes sense, like... So we get the little um, update on his place again or whatever. And um, it's kind of like she kind of walks a step sort of like beside and behind coming in, right? Which is, again, her way of just being like, I'm not crowding you. I'm staying where you can see me so you don't have to like turn your back on me or whatever, right? And then, um, you know, he mentions his wards and things like that. So he like goes in and disables them because he's like, you know, so they wouldn't do anything. And, uh... He's like, if it's the real Susan, she would be fine because they're not set up to hurt, you know, mortals or anything like that. It's just big, bad, supernatural nasties. And he's like, at least the threshold wouldn't hurt her. He's like, getting paranoid suspicion from her ex-boyfriend might do its own kind of damage. (laughs) Right? So he's like, I know this is kind of maybe shitty, Shitty, but, but, you know, but she takes it well. And I mean, again, Susan being Susan, seeing that she isn't. A big, scary, nasty dad. She's like, I do get it. And he, you know, again, he says the point here, you know, he's like, better safe than, better safe than exsanguinated, you know, and he's like, yeah, if it really, you know, if it was some shapeshifter or some trick or something, he's like, Susan probably would not be like, my God, why didn't you just test them, you know, so. One aspect of that as well, too, is that, um, at least in the original Dracula, once you invite them into your home once, it's not every time they leave and go. You only have to invite them in once and then come and go forever after that, right? Exactly. So, Which is why Buffy and them had to invent a de-invitation spell. So, part of the problem, too, would be that, like, even if this is Susan not turned, if he does invite her in now and then she later turns, she could potentially have that blanket invitation. I disagree. I don't think... You said you so she's can, not monster yet? She's not monster yet. But she is on the halfway point. She's at the halfway, but that's it. He's, he doesn't invite her, and she still comes in no problem. Because sure, she's but, still mortal. She's just got... A little bit. So, yeah, I don't think... Because the whole point is that not inviting her in, she couldn't come in. Mm-hmm. But she came in. So, either, again, you lose all of your power coming in, or my understanding, more so straight up with the vampires, is that they would she would not have been able to cross that barrier at all. It. She still would have been stuck on the doorstep. So, I think that point, I'm going to disagree just on that point, that... Yeah, I think it's fine until she does. So, yeah, if he had... Fully turned to the dark side. Yeah. So, again, it's the yeah, the invitation would only have been if she's already turned, then he just fucked himself over. But mm-hmm. since she isn't, okay, you can still come in, and I know you're still mostly mortal, partially mortal, whatever. But other than that, yeah, I agree with the other things. If she was some kind of shapeshifter, then you've just given carte blanche to, like, Paolo Ortega or something. Well, yes, and either way. Anything, Susan disguise, right? Whether so. or not it's something with Susan's face, or it's legitimately Susan, but she's yeah. turned herself. Turned herself way. into a full red. So, right. yeah, so that's the whole point of that. So, so Susan is freely able to cross the threshold, so yeah. being part vampire is okay, it seems. It's a, yeah. yeah, let's just say they, Gray they, area. they started that transformation. They've given her a couple of attributes, but not enough to, other than that, like, she can't I mean, whatever, she explains it here a little bit, you know, she's got a little bit of extra super strength, and she's got the narcotic drool, but other than that, you know, she can't change form, she can't do anything else, she can't, so. Well, and as soon as as she comes in, Dresden is, like, immediately overcome with, like, these emotions and need, and he takes absolutely no time and surprises her with an embrace and a kiss, which she 
eagerly returns. Yeah, it reciprocates. My my dizziness my dizziness grew. I kind of the some kind of coherent thought did a quick flyby of my of my forebrain. I struggled to take notice of it, but the kiss made it impossible. Lust and need murdered my reason. Mm-hmm. I just love that phrase. Like yeah. you're you're kissing a half vampire and you use mm-hmm. the word murdered. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because he says earlier on when he's like, you know, telling us about vampires while he's on stage with Paulo Ortego, right? He's like, um, vampires have an enormous yuck factor. Their saliva is an addictive narcotic, and I've been exposed to it enough to make me twitch, blah, blah, blah. And I've been, ever since I was exposed to it, I've been wondering when will I get another hit? Like, it's just that, that addictive that, like, uh, after yeah. all this time, he's like, just always on the fringes of his like mind. He's like, whenever he has a second to think about vampires, he strays over to how fucking awesome it is to kiss them, right? So the second he's got Susan in his apartment, he's like, all right, motherfucker, let's get that fixed. <laughs> I like Susan and Perfect. I like vampire saliva. <laughs> Perfect. I don't have to become, uh, um, again, another Buffy reference right off the bat, but in like season five or something, season five or six, and um, her boyfriend, Riley, ends up going in and pretty much mostly like a whole drug metaphor, I think, but he's basically going to like some flop house and letting like vamps like drink from his arm kind of a thing to get that, you know, cause he was attacked once or something and now he's, you know, but it's almost like that exactly. He's like, okay, I know it's terrible. I know it's awful. I know it's a really good way to end up dead, but you know, he's like, I just, I really want. So yeah, instead of having to go and find some like, random vampire horror whatever he's like perfect Susan's here (laughs) but yeah he doesn't even let her like like turn around like she basically she comes in and she turns around to like close and lock the door and she's like so good enough and he's like instantly right there behind her like pressing her up against the door and he's you know like it takes him like that long to make the decision like she walked in the door boom we're good to go and he's like oh my god Susan's back and but yeah as you say she pretty you know there's there's Maybe, like, a second of hesitation or something like that. I think she maybe takes a moment. But basically, yeah, she's right in there, too. And, like, gladly returns the kiss and starts basically crawling up him and everything like that until it starts getting to that point where, yeah, he's, like, just fully losing himself, both in the metaphorical emotion and, like you say, the narcotic drool. (laughs) Well, they didn't break up because they fell out of love or lust, so... Exactly, exactly. Oh. And Mr. to the rescue. Right. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if Mr. hadn't have, like, interrupted if, like, things would have just progressed, like, for both of them. Oh, it seems like they're well on their way to progressing. They they both get caught up in the moment. that, And that's, you know, exactly, I think, the whole point that, you know, why we've got Mr. interrupting here. Because you're like, oh, this is going to go sideways real fast. You know, for one way or right. the other, whether it I mean, the gets... whole reason why she left in the first place place is because she couldn't control herself around him she didn't want to yeah exactly right and you know so yeah so so he interrupts and and causes that moment of you know and that's the thing he's even like oh crap he's like uh you know what i need i need a drink you want a beer and she's like "Mm, last thing i need right now is probably gonna lower my inhibition so let's not because that's the whole thing right is that losing control for her is not just getting carried away in a passionate moment it's like losing control for her very literally means losing control and you know letting her emotions run wild could most likely end up killing harry right it's not just a bad choice of like oops i got together with my ex you know it's it's one thing to eat a random person but to eat your ex-boyfriend well exactly (laughs) right and like you know i mean again it's 
cute hairy quip right but she's like oh my god she's like you know if i did something like that like if i hurt you like that she's like you know or worse you know she's like it would kill me and he's like more to the point it would probably kill me <laughs> you know and it's like yeah exactly right so yeah they obviously um, both missed each other that's but. a fun universe to explore though in a world where susan turns hairy and they just going to be crazy wizard vampire couple together it could be as long as she turns him and doesn't just eat him that's that's the thing no no no, yeah but i'm saying like if they can just become like you know alternate timeline evil vampire couple that would have been fun series too or alternate timeline good vampire couple no they would have been evil (laughs) (laughs) this is the good timeline now supposedly (laughs) they could be you know the, the angel and like, <laughs> name you know. me a good vampire. <laughs> I just did. I do like how but- uh, Butcher really does paint a really great picture with sexual tension between the two of them. Like the, the, the that interrupted moment where he's like, "I need a beer." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or really cold shower. Or, uh. <laughs> and and then they go on and like, and then it's between both of them. I guess you didn't come over to a. Uh, uh, Tear your clothes off and use you shamelessly? Susan <laughs> suggested her voices sounded calm again, but I can sense the underlining tone of her own hunger. It's, it's, it is it a is, nice painted picture. It's nice, because for a second you're almost like, geez, like Dresden, whoa, you know what I mean? But then again, like you say, Susan is just as into it just as quickly. It's like, as Jessica just said, you know, they didn't break up because they fell out of love or anything like that, you know? She just had to figure out what the hell was going on and what that meant. <clears throat> so yeah, it, it is nice that they are both this happy to see each other again, despite, and they know it's complicated, and they know there's shit going on, and Susan's like, I'm not, you know, like, sadly I didn't come back just to see you much as I wish that was why I was here you know well, Harry literally says he's like it was like waking up after days of anguish to find that the pain was gone right like yeah huge huge relief for both of them to just like have a second together and be like okay we lived through a year <laughs> yeah where yeah. what now exactly right and and almost that you know pick up where we left off kind of a thing mm-hmm. except only we can't because everything is still completely changed so we ignored it for like half a second there and now it's like reality is dumped back in our laps right mm-hmm. but um but yeah it's kind of it's it's sweet and it's spicy and the whole you know but yeah basically comes down to exactly she's like yeah we can't get into this right now <laughs> and he's like fuck my life once again yeah, she's like, don't want to lose control, you know, one way or the other. And, oh, that was the other thing I was going to mention, because you're like, if she just turned him and they went off to be, like, random. But I was like, I think that's the problem, though, is I get the impression, and I can't remember if they specifically laid it out in Grave Peril, but it's like, I don't think she can turn him on the first. Like, if that's her first, it's always going to be a kill. And that's the hard thing, is that Fair, yeah. maybe oh. if she turned and whatever, then she could come back and turn Harry into... And I can't remember this one. I feel almost... And here I was just thinking it would be really interesting if she did turn him, and so that... Or, so he would be half, and then she would be full, uh, and then it would be this, like, c- conflict between the two of them, because he'd still be like, no, you can't do this, and she's like, no, you can do this. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That actually That's where be, I went with that. That would be almost a more interesting... Yeah, exactly, right. Angel, she turned, angel and devil... Yeah, because Harry would still have that half and half. Well, half and luckily, if you're looking for a half-turned Harry, this is the book for you. <laughs> uh, what? I suppose a vet start next book for half-turned Harry, but... Yeah. Um, so we're, like, warping through the timeline again in these choices and, like, mirror mirrors. Like, so if we all go back to this book, and she actually did, like, but, but yeah, I have a feeling that that's part of it, is that she couldn't just turn him and run off and live happily ever after. Well, listen, like, though, because the facts of the matter are is that the next real book that's going to come out is going to be 12 months, and that's going to be a new sort of book that we've read before. 
Yeah. It's not going to be one weekend. It's going to be the months. entire scope of 12 months. What Harry did in all of that, because, you know, where we left off at the end of the last book, Battleground, mm -hmm. was three or four different things saying, we'll deal with this in a year and a day. <laughs> so yeah. we know that the book is going to be building up to that year and a day timeline, right? The book that comes after that is Mirror, Mirror, Mirror. where mm -hmm. we deal with alternate timeline Harry, right? So for, you know... Anything we throw out right now might come back to oh, ooh, be a thing, right? Wide open. Let the predictions begin. Exactly, <laughs> right? And we know for a fact that one of the major events is going to be from that Grave Peril party. But, I mean, it's Butcher. He likes to, you know, muddy the waters with <laughs> a thousand things. So who knows who else from these earlier books that we've basically forgotten about or dismissed not necessarily or forgotten, but dismissed because it. things have yeah. changed so much from even that point when it's like, well... Forget who yeah. they are now. It's let's all go back. about Lydia. <laughs> let's go back a decade ago, right? When none of this was possible and yeah. restart. Exactly. So you never know. I'm excited to go. Read mm -hmm. those. Um, For like, those out there in the world who don't have social media, but you do listen to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Butcher should be wrapping up his um, Cinder Spires yeah. book uh, by this year or early January. So that means the next Dresden book is getting written book. Yeah. soon, okay? Yeah, 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 or yeah. Or started on Very soon. exciting. Very exciting. So, yeah. yeah. Hurry up. Who knows? Excellent. Maybe we'll only be waiting a year. And we'll kind of have Cinder Spires to read in the meantime. Oh, sure. no, it won't take an entire year to read that one book. But I'll have to go back and reread the first one now. Because that's Still has to be published, though. So that'll take a couple months. Yeah, And okay, they can read it. And by then, maybe he'll be announcing the new Dresden book. Excellent. But also, the point I was going to make, um, aside from, I think, the first Kill is a Kill... Do, do they need more permission? I almost feel like Bianca sort of, there's mention there where she was given permission to turn more, or she had to grant permission to turn more. Am I mixing that with another? I can't well, remember if they get to just turn anybody right. willy-nilly, or whether that's sort of the hierarchy say, in the court, that it's like, yeah, I you would can say go ahead no, and make more minions. Because Paolo's whole thing is that he's upset that too many are getting turned right now, because there's no one to mm. guide them in control them. He's like, normally there's a lot more order, but right now there's just so much chaos going on that they're just turning whoever the fuck they want and not taking orders from above them because everyone above them is busy fighting a war. Maybe. So I, don't, I think it's maybe like I kinda you know, respectfully, you know you're like, minions aren't allowed to just go hiring people, but at the moment all of management is left, so all the underlings are like sure, come join the party, we'll work yeah, come work with us, it's fine, like Maybe. I, I was sort of taking that more to be not necessarily, you know, that, that, that they were sort of breeding indiscriminately, but that, you know, some of the ones that were already made, you know, again, they don't all turn out the right way or they don't all pick the perfect, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're allowed to go. And they're like, that's what you made. You picked that, you know, and so just what I just kind of always felt a little bit like some of it was more just. Um, again, depending who was made or how they were made or what went on, that that some were again more feral than others, and some were more your fae and fairies and all that too, right? Like you've got your high sheed and you've got your dumb trolls and you've got your whatever pixies that don't have a lot of. But yeah, I could be. I I would have to go back and double check that because I don't remember offhand if they sort of need to, you know, I, I just feel like that was a thing where Bianca, because she was elevated to her position. I, it, it, something's tickling me right, with that was too, allowed that it to might be. Make more, or make whatever she wanted or whatever, but anyways, regardless. 
Um, yeah, so we get a, a couple of little callbacks to the last book, um, the po- postcard being on the mantle and, and the browning, brownie cleaning service making his place look so shiny and clean and fresh. I know. She's like, is someone else living here now? He's like, no, why? She's like, it's really clean, like really, really clean. <laughs> like, you smell like fabric softener. You've never used fabric softener in your life. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I got a cleaning service. And she's like, yeah, I heard you've been like too busy to clean up, which... That's, I guess, putting it nicely from the last book. It's like, yes, I was busy obsessing over you all this time. And, you know, my, my housework went completely down the drain. But, yeah, so I don't know how much if she knew from that. Or, again, she just literally heard, like, bits and pieces that he was. I don't know if she knows that it was all because he was obsessing over her and trying to fix her. But she's heard something. She's been He's been trying to keep tabs on her. Right. And she's apparently been keeping some tabs she on him. She does say she heard a rumor that he saved the world from doom. And Dresden, of course, downplays yeah, his involvement. <laughs> Mostly I was just trying to save my own ass. The world was a doofer. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm getting cynical. I suspect the only thing I accomplished was to keep the fairies from screwing up the place so that we could screw it up ourselves. Right. <laughs> he really does like that fuddy-duddy wizard persona. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything sucks forever. Just just accept the win. Yes, you did a good job, man. Right. So I, just, I just sort of. So how do you sort of save the world? <laughs> I was like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, and then she sort of goes through her changes and stuff, which is, you know, like she says, she's got the, the super strength and her senses are like a little bit sharper, a little bit keener. And she's got the, uh, the kiss. And, uh, he's like, um, he's like, he's like, my lips didn't like saying it. Like they like the real thing better, <laughs> which is very, you know, poetical in writing. I'm like, I don't know how many guys are actually thinking that way about <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do like, he's like, he's like, I guess it sounds a lot better than like narcotic drool or whatever. Like, this is true. Like that. Again, like that whole scene from Kelly where she was just like drooling spit on him was just like, ew. (laughs) Like, you're right. It sounds much, much better this way. But yeah, she, she knows a little bit about what's going on. And he's like, how did you know about that? Like the stuff with the wizards and like the attack on Archangel. And she's like, um, I'm an investigative reporter. I investigated. And he's like, huh. And she's like, I also know that this is how, how do you know that? And she's like, hello, are you listening? I investigated. (laughs) Like, hi, Susan. How you been? Do you love Susan? (laughs) She's like, hello, Earth to Harry, wake the fuck up. Okay. Imagine had, um, just Susan and Murphy just been friends on their own. <laughs> like, like Murphy all the time is oh like, God. why don't you ever fucking tell me anything? If she'd just gone to Susan, she'd be like, no problem. I got gotcha. you. Let's go figure this shit out. And right. All the sass from both sides. Yeah. Right. Oh, Harry'd be in <laughs> Yeah, poor so Harry. Yeah. 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 He'd just be like, oof. There's Michael in the corner just laughing at him. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and we get a brief mention of Matt because why didn't we see him at all in the last book? Mac? I don't think he popped in at all for a steak From sandwich. Mac and Allie's pub? Yeah. That Mac. Holy shit. I like I like that guy. <laughs> I like that guy a lot. Wait, who? <laughs> Should go there more often. All the time. Oh, I want a steak sandwich. Mmm. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, we get we get a mention. So he's <laughs> an unlettered He's an Ameri- barbaric American wizard because he's like Mac prides himself on like his home old world brew or whatever and he's like he'd kill me for like keeping it in the fridge so apparently you know max beer is meant to be served warm room temperature or whatever as in the good old days before you had even ice boxes i don't know <laughs> but yeah he's like i don't care it's fine <laughs> he's like i need a cool beer <laughs> 
I had one when I bar bartended. I had one one customer that would actually asked me to, to take a, a pint of beer and put it in the microwave for him. Oh my, not just like take it out early and let it yep. warm just up, but just throw it in the microwave to heat it up. It was like, <laughs> okay, here you go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what that does to the, the, the carbonation in uh, there. But, but yeah, mm -hmm. I was going to say, I don't know what that does to the whole thing, but at least it was just the one. Or non-surprisingly, it was only the one. <laughs> Weirdly, it did not come across a bunch of people like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So no. I think I'd rather just call ahead and be like, I'll be there in an hour. Can you pour a pint now and leave it on the yeah, counter? Yeah, like, like just pull it out of the fridge. And when I get there, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be more. You know, it's like, just start me off like a whiskey or something and let the beer warm up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, man. Or perhaps I just wouldn't drink warm beer if the I... pub did not offer warm beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So Dresden lets Susan know her her editor has been inquiring about her whereabouts, and she admits that she's she's she is going to quit and that she's found something else, but can't let Dresden know about it yet. But I mean, again, this is kind of I mean, part of me is like I don't know, especially considering you know all like the minimum wage jobs, and you know, do I listen to all like my kids and nieces and nephews and people like bitch about the job? And they're like, whatever, just walk away and don't go back. And you know, and Susan's like, we're like. This would be like, you know, if you just gave them, like, a call or a text would half the time be, like, more than these people get on her. Like, wow, you actually told me you're quitting? Okay, cool. And Susan's like, I couldn't just give her, like, a call or, like, write her a letter. Like, I had to come in person to quit. I was like, wow, you've got a really good relationship with your boss. People clearly cared about the economy a little bit more in early 2000s than they do these days. <laughs> you know, or you screw me, I'll screw you right back. Who cares anymore? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, in all fairness, Susan does have a good job with a good editor. There's not just, you know, some punk minimum wage mm. job where she's, you know, but at the same time it's just, like, so funny. Where it's like, yeah, it was just, like, last week and was like, oh, yeah, I just talked away and just never went back to that job. <laughs> then I blocked the number eventually. They stopped trying to get a hold of me. It's cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So she's like, but, you know, I figured I'd, hey, since I'm here, I'm gonna stop in and say hi to you anyways and give you a big old warning. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I already know Ortega's in town. And she's like, there's more to it, though. Like, it's not just that. Right. And he's like, of course. <laughs> that he was responsible for the attack on Archangel. Wouldn't that have been great information to know during his trial? Like, right. Just, <laughs> I, right. I, I forget the trial. Just like, had Susan shown up in town 12 hours earlier? Well, yeah. Harry's day would have been a lot better. <laughs> yes. If she had just caught that earlier flight, it would have made a huge difference. Or called. Or called. But again, you know how unreliable phones are with Harry. And, you know, again, we don't know yet. But, you know, I mean, there are going to be some sort of reasons for why she didn't just... You know those darn pesky reds and how much I like to, like, tap phones and things, you know? Mm. <laughs> it's like, just because Harry can't use any technology doesn't mean anybody else isn't. Yes, so basically they go through this whole, like, don't do the duel with Ortega, he's gonna cheat, and Harry's like, no fucking shit, but, like, <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. And I get where Susan is coming from. On the other hand, I'd be like, well, the dude started a war with the reds because of me. Thanks a lot, Susan, you stupid fuck. Um, and then she has to hear about Harry going and, like, being in the middle of a war with the fairies. And I think at a certain point, I'd just be like, you know what? He's good. Just let him, whatever. You got this, Harry. Choices. I, I don't have time to tell a guy not to go to war when he just ended a fairy war, like, a week ago. Although, in this case, it's been, like, six months. But right. I just, like, 
I get Susan wants him to stay protected. I get she's like, no, 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 you don't get it. Paulo Ortega, he's like really like one of the top guys, super scary. You don't know what you're, what you're getting involved with. But I just, and I get maybe, you know, when you haven't met the queens, you don't know that they're six. Like Harry didn't even realize there was six. But at the same time, it's very much like, too little too late, Susan. Susan, we don't yeah. have time for backing out of a petty little duel. He's ecstatic. This is just a one-on-one duel, okay? <laughs> like, Well, I mean, again, right? Like, um... You know, he's like, it, it, it's, I would back out, but the stakes are too high. Like, he's already told me he's going to go after and my friends that I like, plus even just, like, random clients that, you know what I mean? And Harry being Harry can't, you know. I mean, essentially, like everyone mo- Harry meets in the next, when's the duel? Two days from now? Something like that. I don't think we've set a date yet. But, no no oh, date. No date set. yet? Okay. Yeah, but, but it's like, it's, whatever it is. It's like, everyone he meets until the duel is like, <laughs> he's he just I, being added to a list right yeah, now. Yeah, like, pretty much, you know. Like, if I was here, it's like, I need to go grocery stop shopping, but I'll get that cashier killed, so I guess I'll just starve. Like, <laughs> Right, exactly. I can't like, afford to go to Burger King right like, now. no Starbucks. Yeah, exactly, You're right? Because it's like, all of a sudden, everybody becomes a potential victim, and just because they had the misfortune of interacting with you... But, you know, but she mentions, too, like, like not just that, but, um, you know, that his his take on it and stuff like that, right? She's I, like, know, I thought that was interesting, how he, like, would rather have peace, but the other vampire nobles are like, screw this, we, we just want to kill all the, the White Council, and then we're, we're, we're free reign. Yeah, exactly, right? And she's like, it's not as popular. So she's like, in some ways, this very bad idea of his is actually a really good idea. Like, it is more beneficial except for, for the you and the White part. Except for the one small part where you're the guy that has to die to make it happen. But, um, but yeah, exactly, right? He's like, um, he would prefer, you know, for it to come out this way because she's like, as long as they get rid of that, she's like, exactly. And she's like, the White Council will totally sue for peace and then they'll have to pay some, you know, weird guild or something like that. But just that doesn't involve anybody else dying and they'll pay like the money or the land or, you know, whatever what? other crap and call it a day, right? So she's like, they're gonna, yeah. So she's like, either they're gonna cheat to kill you, and then they get that way either way. Or if you don't, then she's like, well, a bunch of the other vampires are not gonna want it to come out that way because I. It is an interesting point to see how, like, you know, like they say, like the majority of the Reds want Harry to stay alive because that means war can continue, more destruction can happen, blah blah blah. And like you said, if he dies, war ends. I do think it's funny, though, to think of the Reds going around to all the other bad guys. Stop killing him! Yeah, wait, Stop! Yeah, like, because, as we had in the last book, they were sending assassins to get Dresden, right? Like, they were hiring um, uh, Ace to go and kill Dresden, right? It's very funny to think that they're also just running around to all the other... Ba- they're like, stop, fuck, no, fairies, yeah. no, wait, you, I... <laughs> everyone, like, stop! <laughs> assassins in the background fighting each other. No, we're not assassinating No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to give out spoilers for the upcoming books, but obviously, you know, the Red War lasts over the course of several books, right? And someone's trying to kill Harry in every single book, so it's very funny to just think in the background of exactly, like, all these assassins going, stop it! We want that guy alive! Well, exactly, right, and you almost have to think it's that you know immediate kickoff of like shit goes down they're like all right well dude that's it now you're dead and then somebody's going like actually no wait a minute guys and they're like no 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 we're you know like trying to rein in that mob of people or whatever where you're like no 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 guys we got to better just stop and listen everyone's like no 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 we're just gonna go do it and, it's and like, i like how every time they get all the bad guys to listen and be like okay we're not gonna kill them this week the white council's like we're gonna kill them <laughs> yeah, right, exactly <laughs> be like well fuck if you guys aren't now we got yeah yeah right but yeah it 
it is. It's very, it's, it's gone exactly from like half of them very determinately trying to kill him to the other half very determinately not trying to kill him. And, and yet it really doesn't, you know what I mean? Like you say, you think there'd be a bigger force out there protecting Harry, and yet no. He just feels like he's got someone on his ass all the time trying to, it's like, if you want this war to continue, can I just have like a solid like bodyguard like, like uh, line of defense around almost me? almost think the Reds would be paying for his bodyguard at this point. Right? Like, you want me like, alive just, or not? We do, but not that much. Like, it's almost suspicious. Just rough him up so he's like fucked up, but don't actually Yes, we can't actually interfere with anything. They keep hanging on. It's almost suspicious because like, the Marcone had basically nothing to do with Grave Peril. He had definitely nothing to do with Summer Night, right? Like, he sat back for, like, two years after having a fairly large influence in book one and two, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, like, it almost seems like the Reds did go to Marcone, like, you shut the shut, shut up, leave us alone. And Marcone was like, yeah, sure, whatever, no problem, right? But then they're like, all these other guys were like, fuck, the, it was so easy with the gangster. He left Harry alone, right? <laughs> yeah. So many more... Poor Harry. It's just not fair. And, and with that two years, like, Marcone can totally level up. Like, Bianca's had, what, one year? And she, like... <laughs> she went hardcore. Okay, it's all now. <laughs> you know, it's, like, funny. It's, like, sometimes when you're playing, like, another um, video game or something like that, and you need to be, like, let's say, level five to defeat this one guy or whatever like that, but you go and do a bunch of side quests, and by the time you get back, you're, like, level 30. And it's like, most of the world, you know, you get to level one in a year, you get to level two in a year, but in Chicago, you get to, like, level 30 every year. It's been one year in Chicago, and you, like, power up to the max in everything immediately, right? right? Yeah. It's like a level one joining a team with, like, level 40 characters, so every, everyone yeah. else only goes up, like, 500 points, but you go up 50,000, and you become, like, <laughs> level 20 in one so round like with those guys. the difference between, yeah. like, joining the reserves and, like, going straight to, like, the Green Berets or whatever. Exactly, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, you thought that was boot camp? No, 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 let me show you boot camp. <laughs> Well, it's funny, because, like, in the new Pokemon games, right, before it used to be the only time your Pokemon could level up is if they participated in the battle. Even if they were only brought out of their... Um, egg. Pokeball, but then sent back in the Pokeball egg. They didn't do anything didn't except for be on the field for that one second. Yeah. As long as they participated, they would get XP. In the new version of games, everyone in your party on your belt gets XP from every battle. So if you carry around like a level 100 Charizard everywhere you go and then a bunch of baby Pokemon, you can get them all up to like level 30 in one game with zero effort just by having your Charizard kill everything in one round, right? Having your big guy, yeah. So it's like, it's very much like that one year in Chicago, Bianca, Marcone, Dresden, whoever's here. The alphas, even. It's like, you guys really want to so, practice your supernatural stuff. You just go hang out in Chicago so for a week. So is Harry, like, the 100 XP Charizard? Is, like, everything else the 100 XP I'm Charizard not, I just mean, like, battling? everyone in Chicago is, like, <laughs> forget this slow leveling up. <laughs> you level up the more bad guys you walk into. Chicago's got way more bad guys than everyone else. Come so. spend a week of vacation here. Yeah. You'll go back to your small little town, kill them all. So, yeah. So they're trying to write. So she's like, blah, blah, blah. They're going to interfere, da, da, da. And, and you're about to continue this conversation when there's a knock at the door. Dun, dun, dun. Instant high alert. Susan's still by the fireplace. She grabs the poker. Harry goes for his big-ass gun. A so dirty Harry. A dirty That's what Harry. he calls it. A dirty Harry. I'm like, you just bought that because of the name, you idiot. <laughs> now that's particularly phallic. Like, the man's had, like, a Winchester. He's had, like, I don't know, a bunch of numbers. No. And like this a, one, he's like, a get my dirty magnum. I think this is just his description. So we can't associate what kind of gun. It's not actually called a Dirty Harry. But it's just because the same type of gun that Dirty Harry is. Yes, but okay. the fact that it is the same name as his own name. Oh. Harry, you bitch. Gotcha. I was like, okay. 
It's his little Harry. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it's like kind of it's like. Well, I don't know. From the sounds of it, it might be the bigger Harry. <laughs> so it's a cannon. It's, it's, a, it's like, you don't want to see me when I get mad. <laughs> a great big old dirty Harry Callahan number that weighed about 75,000 pounds. But yeah, isn't this one where he's like, it's like a 40. <laughs> Susan, I am so glad to see you. <laughs> Lucky girl. Harry, is that a gun in your pocket? <laughs> yeah. No. You, super strength, you say. Now we can really get down to business. <laughs> oh, <dear>. But yeah, I'm pretty sure at some point he said it's like a 45 or whatever. And he had like a 38 before. So yes, it's a, it's, it's a big He's gun. leveling up. Surprising, it, Susan never got pregnant. <laughs> Maybe it's like all the other, you know, technology and stuff that he screws up. He t- Although, actually, no, that would be worse because I was going to say, I guess that would, like, maybe, like, screw up all the contraceptives. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I- <laughs> right. So a male voice familiar to Susan asks for her. And Harry opens the door to Martin, a 75-year-old bland man, as he puts it. <laughs> Seventy-five-year-old? No, no, no. No. Okay, fuck it. They said bland man. I, I probably and, fucked it up somewhere. So that's okay. Sorry, it's it's a bland man, maybe five nine, about one seventy-five. Oh, I missed. Okay, it was I totally wait. Not eight. Up. <laughs> I'm awesome. The oldest man in the world is not. <laughs> The oldest. I was like, why is he jealous? This guy's old. This man. I just think this. This is who you're with. (laughs) Sorry, Jules. I was like, where did she get by? Okay. 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 I did that. He did that. It's okay. He's more like like, 30s, 40s. Okay. So this makes more sense with the jealousy part. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) You're jealous. You're really insecure, Harry. Like, she dumps me for some geriatric, like... I'm quitting my job, Harry, because I've got money anyway. <laughs> Found oh. me a sugar daddy. Crap. He's got no personality, but man, have you seen his handgun? Like, Could you see, Harry, what it, what it means to have money? <laughs> So, so yes, Martin's yeah. very <laughs> bland, bland. He's not really worth the laugh that we just gave him. <laughs> no, that quite frankly, it. he's not. But the yeah, what did you call him? The pedantic adventure. Yes, he yes. is just very unassuming, very nothing, nothing, very nothing, 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 nothing. very mediocre Martin. Yes. Uh, Susan's already kind of annoyed with him, just just on sight. Yeah. She's interrupting. She's like, what How are you doing you? here? She's like, I told you I was coming to talk to him. He's like, you could have phoned. <laughs> She's like, mm. so again, even that right there, right? Like Susan's like, I don't think a phone call is like sufficient for my editor at work. But, you know, you're like, it's just your ex-boyfriend who, like, proposed to you and who you guys went through a bunch of, like, really intense trauma bonding things and, you know, was trying to rescue you and ultimately caused you to become what you are. It's like, you could have just phoned him. Like, just because we're here in town and you haven't seen him in a year, right? And Harry's like, fuck you. And even Susan is a little bit like, 
okay, come on. Like, that's not what I meant. I told you I was going to talk to him. Like, Could you no, imagine I'm not over the phone. how much even more fucked up it would have been if he's like, okay, Mortimer, where the fuck is Susan? And he's like, Peru. And he's like, okay. And then the next day he gets a phone call with, from a Chicago number and she's like, hey, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> bye. Yeah, all right. Fuck, I, Morty should have been ducking and covering that. Yeah, like, right. Oh, like, fuck, of course this fucking one happened. One thing, if it was a Peru number, but if, yeah, if a Chicago right. number showed up, I'd have been like, Mortimer, huh. uh, what, the, what the fuck, man? Again, one of the small um, advantages they have is that there's no way Harry's got to call the split phone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. Can it you, would just like have be sparking. Can you do like star sixty nine from like a, a rotary phone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you can just call the lady at the place and be like, yeah, who, who called me? <laughs> where did where did that call come from? Tell right. me right now. It came from inside your house. <laughs> so um. Yeah, so Harry's like, oh, hello, like, my house. Hi, I'm Harry. How are you? And Martin just kind of looks at him. He's like, I don't understand. First of all, he won't even introduce himself. He looks back at Susan. So Susan's like, Harry, Martin, Martin, Harry. And then Harry's like, hi. And he's like, I don't shake hands. And he's like, what the fuck is this person? <laughs> like, Someone who's a bigger dick than Harry. Yeah, right? He's like, I can't even intimidate him. He's like, okay, so you're like a foot taller than him. That's a good start. But Martin's just like, yeah, whatever. And it's like, you can't even, like, you know, do a big, firm, manly handshake, whether you were going to, like, squish his hand or not. But it's like, you can't even do any of that, because he's just like, yeah, I don't shake hands. You're like, what the motherfucker? Like, I think it's even worse, too, because Harry, like, just got his hand crushed by Paulo. He's like, that was an option. I could have just said that to Paulo. <laughs> I got my hand crushed by a vampire, like, two hours ago. And I could have just said, I don't shake hands. Uh, shit. Right. And again, hello, 20 years ago, because now nobody shakes hands. It's illegal now. <laughs> just do really hard elbow taps. Bam. <laughs> right. It's just gonna like bump this. It's not my fault. I accidentally got his nose. Uh-huh. Yeah, their interaction is very ter- like it's b- very brief. Super just, stilted, yeah. super brief, super awkward. Yeah, yeah Martin gives him nothing. No how. Susan and Martin basically <laughs> Martin, just leaving the cab right away. Martin gives him something. We have to be up early. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. We 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 we. we? we. Yeah. So she's like, oh, sorry, I gotta go. And he's like, wait. She's like, oh, I really wish I could, but I really gotta go. And he's like, we again. He's like, Susan, what? And she's like, I'm sorry. And then she's like, she's like, I think she says, I'll try to talk to you again before we leave. So she's not even guaranteed. Like, so we don't, sounds, you know, like maybe they're not going to be there very long. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what else, you know, besides her editor, what else is she here for and warning you about Ortega. But sounds like you're going to be taking off right away. Maybe you'll have time to stop in and explain more and go over more. And, you know, but like, let me just come in and give you like, maybe not entirely cryptic warnings because it's fairly upfront about, but you know what I mean? Just maybe not quite a full explanation and then just if i have time i'll get back to this whole how you're gonna die thing but if not it's great seeing you (laughs) You just another tuesday just another tuesday and this guy who has no idea who he is how he is what he is and you know it's just like butcher does write this last little bit of the thing extremely comical right like you've got harry freaking out and it's just we and then he's freaking out and it's like we and it's freaking out it's like we and it's like ah (laughs) poor harry yes So he does the next best thing that you is Someone who is not me. Yes. (laughs) Plus she's with somebody. Somebody else. Um, So yeah. Goes for the whole, um, well, fall back on the old, what is it? The old standby. And he goes for a cold shower. (laughs) 
And this was like, okay, so he's, you know, brooding over everything and da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, the cold shower isn't taking the edge off immediately. But he's like, I, so he, he's like, I turn the shower to its coldest setting. I'm like, isn't that just you turning it on? You've said time and time again that you don't have any kind of like heat or power, no hot water tank. So if there's no hot, isn't your cold water just always as cold as it's going to be? Maybe he just needs to convince himself it's a choice. Maybe. (laughs) I'm just going to keep cranking that cold water tap. He specifically said... Uh, I stomped into the bathroom and turned on my shower. The water was only a couple degrees short of becoming sleet. So then he just made it the sleet thing, okay? <laughs> I guess. Because, again, I, I can't remember if they said it specifically or not, but we will find out very shortly. He does mention that it's February. So we know that it's... And, again, this is Chicago. Chicago is not like California. February in Chicago is not going to be warm. It's not like, you know, the water was just, like, room temperature or something. And, sure, if you keep running it, it's going to get colder or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is February with supposedly, like, relatively unheated pipes. Although, I don't know, I guess he has to keep them from freezing. Maybe again, it's that whole... Underground is insulated. Maybe that whole insulated from the rest of the house, you know? (laughs) It's like, thankfully, the the Wilsons or whatever upstairs have, like, you know, hot water. So, (laughs) by default, he's, like taps are lukewarm but yeah it's just funny it just i was just get that i'm like you have no hot water what on earth are you sending it to like the coldest thing for like, anyways yeah so he eventually does leave the shower and heads to bed but he gets a call from none other than karen murphy right and again in typical ha- fairy oh, fashion against what oh wait it might be susan i mean hello <laughs> it's still just murphy <laughs> Like, I was like, I don't really care if I piss off anybody else that might be, like, a friend or a colleague or a client. But he's like, it's Susan, so... (laughs) Potentially. Fucking Susan. Oh, wait, Murph. Fucking Murph. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, turns out she would like him to come consult on something off the books. Pro bono. And by off the books, I assume you mean I'm not getting paid. (laughs) Well... Do you remember that whole shift when we stopped being, like, colleagues and we started being friends? That means you do a lot more free work now, but we don't fight as much, so... Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, that's the only problem with you, like, training me and all this stuff and, like, making sure we're, like, informed is, like, now we don't have an excuse to actually hire you. Now they just expect us to take care of it because... <laughs> like, Larry Fowler paid him ahead of time, right? So he's good on that front. Who cares that the episode's never gonna air? <laughs> you would, right? You would think, yeah. I, it's I not I've never Harry's been... fault that the studio shut down. No, not, not yet, that they can prove. They can yeah. Pr- yeah, but uh, things just started blowing up. This can happen to anyone, and obviously he's not a real wizard, so obviously it can't be his fault. I actually really like that. Um, the priest and Mortimer and Paulo and Harry all showed up knowing that the studio was gonna fail. The priest didn't know it was gonna fail. Yeah, but I like how Paulo and Mortimer also took their paycheck, knowing that they wouldn't have to do any work. They're like, well, Harry's <laughs> gonna shut this place down, but yeah, you can pay me to come be on your show. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was, okay, Paolo maybe, because he was going to obviously antagonize. I was like, the rest of it, not necessarily. But even Mortimer like, knows, like, the amount of power <laughs> Harry has in the struggle, right? Like, I, it's like the likelihood was there. Pr- pretty much knew. They were, they, basically, all three of them are in trouble for swindling Larry. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. Someone book us on a talk show. Do you get paid in advance? I don't know how that works. You get paid once it airs? Like, I don't know. It's like, 50, you know, like how fast thing. is it counting? Like, generally, they, like, pay you, pay your flight or your gas bill to get there, right? Because they want you so bad on the show to make content, right? Maybe. Yeah. And then they pay your hotel, put you up for it, right? Yeah, but see, Harry's local, so there was none of that, so. I think that so, yeah, depends like, on the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, Larry is not real, how, so I can't. I was just going to say, how are the up and up is Larry Fowler? How does this shit, you know? <laughs> There'll be a check in the mailbox in a couple of days, for sure. Right. For sure. So, yeah, so she's got a body at the morgue that she would like an opinion on. She wants to show him a corpse. Yes, I want to show you a corpse. Can we just have a short story where it's just Harry filing complaints with the Better Business Bureau? Because, like, 45 of them are just fronts to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> And also, while we're at it, Larry Fowler didn't pay me. I was promised a free checkup and cleaning, and it was just some dude with a... <laughs> the pizza delivery place that... <laughs> just serves bombs. <laughs> that was not laughing gas, okay? <laughs> now me and 300 fairies are dead. <laughs> oh, not tooting his buddies. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Imagine being a vampire. You keep getting called to go drop off a pizza in the middle of a forest. And you keep showing up with your assassin tools. And there's no Harry there. And you're like, every week this guy orders a pizza to this field. And every week he's not fucking here. Or they just, those guys just keep disappearing. And they don't know because the fairies are all like, screw this. We're getting our pizza. And they just, you know, 10,000 fairies swarm this guy and leave his body in a field. And they fly off with their pizza. Harry doesn't even know about half of assassination something to feed our, our pet trolls. The like, guy that's going there is like, why Harry are all these like, bones going everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, I imagine they just all like sink down to the earth with like fairy yeah. magic and stuff. Like there's nothing left. I'm say, like imagine walking through a forest and you get to like this fairy circle and it's just like <laughs> pizza boxes no, and no, bones. No, no, no. <laughs> like pizza 73 uniforms strewn everywhere. <laughs> like 47 Pizza Hut hats everywhere you look. Uh, Domino's 30 minutes or less. (laughs) (laughs) We have gone through more Little Caesars hot and ready. (laughs) Hot and cold running blood on top. Oh my god, that's funny. Hot and ready. So anyways, Harry heads to the morgue. (laughs) (laughs) This concludes our episode 10.3. We... Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanalies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Happy holidays, everyone! Happy holidays!